0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Friday, April 9th. Today on the show, NFL Draft Scout Matt Miller gives us some names to consider for the Titans in the first round. Josh Kendall of The Athletic gives us some insight into the hiring process of head coaches in the SEC. But we begin with the surging Nashville Predators statement win over Detroit on Thursday night. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned, award-winning, custom home and remodeling firm. My family uses the Kingston Group, so why wouldn't you use the Kingston Group? Is there anything else you need to know? Now, I am not telling you to go out and spend a boatload of money on a brand new house or a giant remodel or a, a totally new kitchen or a brand new garage or whatever. But when you do, make sure you check out the Kingston Group. Because a decision like that should make you money and make you happy, and the Kingston Group wants to make sure that takes place. Go to the website, buildkg.com. Check out their work, buildkg.com. The Kingston Group. The Nashville Predators scored all of the goals on Thursday night. Well, Victor Arvidsson did a lot of that, getting back into the lineup after missing just one game and scoring his third career hat trick in the 7-1 victory over Detroit. It was the 43rd hat-trick in Preds franchise history, and Arvidsson is now behind only Philip Forsberg's seven and Steve Sullivan's four all-time in Smashville history. The win was the Preds' third straight victory and the 11th win in their last 13 games, and in fact was the second 7-1 victory over the Red Wings in the last few weeks. The Preds finished the season series with Detroit with a 6-2 record against their old division foe which is what you have to do against one of the worst teams in the league and the last place team in the division if you expect to make the playoffs. Mikhail Granlund scored his 10th goal of the year. Nick Cousins, Yakov Trenin, and Eric Halla also scored as well. Lost in all of the goal scoring was yet another outstanding showing from UC Soros in net. The Preds goaltender improved to 8-2 in his last 10 starts with a ridiculous 1.19 goals against and 96% save percentage. He's quietly now leading the NHL in save percentage for the entire season. Shh, don't tell anybody. Yes, this team has bought in. Yes, the young players are showing signs of development. And yes, the power play is much improved. But the primary reason this team is back in the playoffs and has won 11 out of 13 games is UC Soros. He did this last year, playing at a Vesna level for big chunks of time and carrying the Predators to a playoff berth, albeit in a bizarro pandemic-shortened season. And he's doing it again. What was once a teetering franchise set to go wholesale sell-off at the deadline, and I'll put my hand up and be accounted for because I was one of them that wanted them to begin the rebuild weeks ago, is now a team that no one wants to play. Even with Saros playing at a Vesna level, I still don't think this team is winning anything in the postseason. So I'm still extremely cautious about buying in or believing this will look anything like 2017. The talent level just isn't the same in my opinion. But if UC Saros is going to play like this for the next 15 games, well maybe this Preds team can win a playoff series after all. Nashville has a huge two game weekend featuring Tampa at home on Saturday and Dallas at home on Sunday, both games with a puck drop of 7 p.m. and the trade deadline is looming on Monday. The Preds are currently four points up on Chicago and seven on the Stars and Blue Jackets. The great NFL draft scout Matt Miller sat down with us on Lamestream Sports this week for almost an hour to talk about the NFL draft, scouting, the Tennessee Titans, and how his career has evolved from semi pro defensive backs coach in Missouri to ESPN NFL draft analyst. He is one of the best in the business, and I dare you to dispute that. Through the course of our conversation, I asked him about his scouting process, how he settled on evaluations. But what I really wanted to know was who are the players the Titans should be targeting with their first round pick that simply aren't getting enough first round buzz right now?
1: Uh, it was Jalen Phillips. I feel like that's changed a little bit that people have come around on that. Now the concussions are a thing. You have four at UCLA. He actually took a year off of football. That's that's a big part of it is if if he checks out medically, I think he'd be a great fit there because you already have a smaller rusher and Harold Landry. So you need that that power. And I, I talked to Mike Drabel at the Combine last year, and, and I can't remember if it made the recording or not, but we were just talking about edge rushers. And I was like, what do you think about this guy? And he's like, it's too small for us. Like, we, we have to get someone big opposite Harold. And we saw him try that, right? with They tried it with Clowney, and it just didn't work. And I know Vic Beasley kind of runs counterintuitive to that, but neither of those guys work. So I would think they would go back to a, a pay Jalen Phillips, kind of a bigger pass rusher. Um, I know you mentioned no wide receiver. I'm with you on that. I, I think it would take someone like Kadarius Tony falling to 22 to be like, okay, this value is is so good, we have to do it. Otherwise, wide receivers so deep this year that in, in round two you could get. I know you mentioned Rondell Moore. That's a little rich for me for Rondell Moore, but in round two, like you could be looking at Rashad Bateman or I don't think Elijah Moore lasts that far. But there's there's a lot of wide receivers that you could grab in round two, and then round three, whether it's Rondell Moore or Tutu Atwell, you can you can fill in that position pretty well.
0: That's Matt Miller, everybody. NFL Draft Scout by day, diehard Jason Isbell fan by night. Love that dude. Please check out our entire conversation with Matt on Lamestream Sports this week with myself and Steve Cavendish. We covered a whole lot of territory concerning the NFL Draft, what you can believe, what you can't believe, how the scouting process unfolds, and as you just heard, who the Titans should be targeting in the first round. He is the best. Rate, review, and subscribe. We had The Athletic's Josh Kendall on our SEC podcast, Fringe Element, this week to talk about coaching hires. He recently ranked all 57 football coaching hires in the SEC since the split in 1992. And we asked him what, if anything, he learned about coaching college football at the highest level in America.
2: The pattern that, I, that stood out to me over all the rest of them was how quickly you run out of people who you can say unequivocally, that worked out well. There are 57 names on the list, and how many of them, with the benefit of hindsight, would we look back and say, that's a good hire? These are people, almost exclusively men in the SEC, in the positions of athletic director and school president, et cetera, who are paid, not school presidents at least, but athletic directors are paid a tremendous amount of money, basically to do two things, raise more money and hire a football coach. And the fact that they don't have a better success rate, I think, shows how hard it is. It either shows that or just a willful stubbornness not to change the way in which you approach the problem, especially if you are outside of the very small cadre of elite in the league. By that, I mean Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas a and I think, could make an argument that they could or should be in that group. But if you're not one of those people who can go out and eventually make Nick Saban leave the Miami Dolphins and come coach your team, I, I I don't know why you keep following the same hire the hot assistant coach that everybody knows. I mean, because we got we got a long list right there that you can look at that shows you that the hit rate on that ain't great.
0: But you're talking about the drop-off, and I always use Jeremy Foley as the example, right? The same guy who hired Urban Myers, the same guy who hired Ron Zook.
2: Yeah, and Jeremy Foley, I think, is probably rightfully considered one of the best SEC ADs of the last couple of generations. Yep. So it's a hard job to coach an SEC football team. It's probably a harder job to hire SEC football coaches, but we have gotten to the point with both of those jobs where – the pay scale is so enormous and out of whack with the real world that nobody wants to hear it's a hard job. You know, you, you are being paid at a level that success is dem- not even expected, but demanded in both of those positions. And this is a tough league. You know, not everybody gets to win every Saturday in this league.
0: Josh is not wrong. Being a head coach or an AD in the SEC is extremely difficult. They are taxing, complex, and pressure-packed jobs that are extremely stressful. They are also extremely well compensated. So therein lies the rub in the SEC. Take the new coaches from this year, for example, in the league. Josh Heupel at Tennessee, Brian Harson at Auburn, Clark Lee at Vanderbilt, and Shane Beamer at South Carolina. Odds are that, at minimum, three of them will bust out and be 86 in relatively short order. But that's the job, man. That's what you sign up for. High pressure, high stakes, high risk, high reward. If you like SEC football, I would recommend checking out the rest of our long conversation with Josh Kendall of The Athletic about all of these SEC coaching hires over the last 30 years, including Lane Kiffin, James Franklin, and why Auburn is so damn weird. It was a lot of fun, and I think you guys will enjoy it, so check it out. That's the Fringe Element podcast everywhere podcasts are found. And we talked a little Masters Golf as well, considering that Josh has covered the event for you know 20 years or whatever, and he lives just across the border in the state of South Carolina. We talked about how my wife is attracted to Dustin Johnson and how I can't stand watching him walk around. But he's a pretty damn good golfer. Enjoy the Masters, by the way, everybody. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall, at 440 Sports, at 440 Media on Instagram. Of course, the 440 is brought to you by the Kingston Group, the wonderful friends and folks over at the Kingston Group, Nashville's award winning custom home and remodeling firm. When you are ready to do a major remodel or build a custom home, make sure you get the right people for the job. Check out the Kingston Group's work, their process. It's all about alignment. It's all about your vision. It's all about making it happen on budget, on plan, and on time. Check out the website, buildkg.com. That's buildkg.com. The 440 is a production of 440 Media. Written and produced by Braden Gall. Music by William Tyler.